0: Let's get started for tonight, all right? So guys, if you were were there this weekend, we had a great time in the Word this weekend, all right? I encourage you, the next uh, huddle is in July. We will not have a huddle in June. The next huddle will be July. I want to say it's July 9th. Uh, But I encourage you to make plans to be there. Pastor Sean taught a dynamic word on... Uh, our live called kingdom alignment she started a new series and in the new series she started talking about uh second peter three and nine is where she came from where it said the lord isn't really uh being slow about his promise as some people think uh but has been patient for our sake he does not want anyone to be destroyed but wants everybody to repent And so she talked about repentance and turning and what that meant and turning our ways. And and in that, the Lord isn't quick. I'm so go ahead and talk to say I'm I'm glad he's patient. Because if he wasn't patient, a whole lot of people will be spending eternity outside of his presence because they'll end up in hell completely separated from God but praise God for his patience right he's patience for our sake all right and then she talked about we are ambassadors of Christ right uh and that we need to speak for Christ when we when we plead come back to God so that was 2nd Corinthians 5 and 20 we speak for Christ when we plead come back to God and so it's a cry out for repentance a cry out for salvation a cry for those who don't know Christ or who have walked away from him and then Pastor Edwin followed up with our live huddle teaching with a, uh, with the title, Pursuing God Relentlessly or Living Relentlessly, sorry, Living Relentlessly. So if you want that at the huddle, all of these can be accessed via our podcast, all right? So if you go to Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, all of this is, well, not YouTube, only on the podcast are these available. Uh, so you can go and listen to that. But a lot of you guys, need to make sure you listen to living relentlessly because they're going to tie in together and in that message he gave us five points all right i'll read over them but then we'll talk about one for tonight he says to pursue god relentlessly we need to number one embrace the call to holiness and number two pursue intimacy with god number three was cultivate a passion for his kingdom Number four was persevere in the face of opposition. And then number five was learn to lean on the Holy Spirit. Well, as I listened to those two, th- those two messages and I came back on Monday morning, I listened to them again. I kept hearing the word holiness over and over and over again. And, and that's what I've been studying and, and that's what we've been called to. And so tonight I want to expound on Pastor Edwin's point number one, Uh, And incorporate a little bit of point number five. And I want to talk about embracing the call to holiness. Embracing the call to holiness. Because that's what he said point number one was. So let's pray and let's jump into this word tonight. I encourage you guys, go ahead and invite the partners. Uh, they're not here. I know sometimes Wednesday night people get a little casual and they got other things to do. But I encourage you to just go ahead and tag them. Say, "Hey, come on over here." Uh, Pastor words about Pastor Russ is about to teach about word words. I think will bless All right, Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, God, that. The word will be taught uncompromisingly, Father. We thank you that we'll hear your word, we'll see ourselves in your word, and the Holy Spirit will cause conversion in our hearts. Father, we thank you that we'll not be conformed to this world, God, but we'll be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Father. We thank you that as we meditate on your word tonight, God, that we see the places in our lives that are contradictory to kingdom characteristics. And Father, I thank you that your word will bring us into alignment through our choice to obey, Father. We thank you that we'll leave tonight never being the same, but being transformed by your word to go into this world to seek and to save those that are lost and bring them to the kingdom of our Father, Jesus Christ. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, let's get started. All right, we got about about 45 minutes together, so we'll teach until we uh, finish our time, all right? So let's start over at 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, all right? 1 Peter 1, verses 15 and 16. And y'all just hold on a second. I got to adjust my error. Hey, Google, set cool to 68. Uh, so 1 Peter 1, 15
1: and 16, it
0: says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Be holy for I am holy. So let's establish something up front right now. Holiness isn't an option for the believer. Go ahead and type that. Say holiness isn't an option for me. Let's make it personal. Holiness, because I'm going to assume everybody on here is a believer. And if you're not, we'll say a prayer at the end. We can make that happen for you. Holiness isn't an option for me. Holiness has been an unchanging demand of God over eternity. Think about this. All right. I'm a teacher, so I got some wait time. Can you think of any time in history that God has not commanded holiness? I'll wait. But while you're looking, you're not going to find it. Have you? Has God ever tolerated or excused sin in any form? He hasn't. He hasn't. And so what we got to understand is this. As born-again believers, holiness is not an option for us because as 1 Peter 15 of 1 in 15 established he says but just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all that you do not in part of the things that you do that that means when they cuss you out be holy that means you can't respond the way they respond right that means when it doesn't go your way and somebody talk about you you don't get to respond the way they respond because holiness means to be set apart. And we'll talk about that in a minute. It means to look different. It means to be, uh-oh, the sanctified, right? So, but holiness is not an option for the believer. I don't care what pastor, who, prophet, evangelist, five-fold ministry, or your grandma told you, holiness is what God requires of the believer. So that's, and because I'm a believer, Holiness is what God requires of me. In Hebrews 12, 14, it says this. It says make some effort. Make a little effort. No. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. That's a whole message. We ain't going to chase that one, but that's a whole message right there. And to be holy. Why? Because without holiness no one will see the lord y'all just let your bibles teach talk to you without holiness no one will see the lord and then if you like well let let me get one more scripture all right that was new testament let's run the old testament then we can take off leviticus 20 verse 7 and niv says this consecrate yourselves and be what holy because i am the lord your god So when we are talking about holiness, holiness is a decision you make to carry out, to produce the fruit of that in your life. Holiness is a decision that you make. You got to make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Consecrate yourselves and be holy. See, we'll talk about in a minute, righteousness and holiness. And you'll you'll understand that God has made you right, but he tells you that you are to be holy. That means there are some things I got to act out on my part in order to manifest the fruit of holiness, the fruit of sanctification, the fruit of consecration. There are some things I got to do. It says in my notes, regardless of the times the opinions of men, misguided teachings from some pulpits and well-respected men and women of God, holiness is still the standard. Y'all go ahead and type that. Holiness is still the standard, and it is exactly what God expects of us. Holiness is still the standard, and it is exactly what God expects of us. I don't care what well-known evangelist. I don't care who tells you what. At the end of the day, the Bible is right and a whole lot of people are wrong. Holiness is the standard. The Bible is the standard. It ain't that we in new times and the Bible ain't caught up. No ma'am, no sir, that ain't true. The Bible is true and every man is a liar. So if he says that X is wrong, X is wrong before man was born, and X will be wrong until the earth is no more. X is wrong. And it doesn't matter if we're in 2000 and 21st century or the 3,000th century. Sex outside of marriage is wrong. Doesn't matter. It's wrong. Shacking, living with people who ain't your spouse and laying up with them is wrong. But so is eating too much. So is lying. So is gossip. They all wrong. And no matter how, who told you they are, that's a lie. And the thing about ignorance is this. If you're not careful, not knowing does not exempt you from the law. He says, God has given us a law. Of, of grace, a law of kingdom and a law of sin and death. And just because you're ignorant of the law, it does not exempt you from it. Much like gravity, if I go up on top of my roof and I decide desire to jump, right? If you put an infant on the roof and, and throw the infant off, the infant's ignorance of gravity does not exempt the infant from the, the law of gravity working on them neither does your ignorance about the law, about sin and death, neither does your ignorance about what God expects exempt you from reaping the consequences of sin, which is death. So you got to know the word for yourself. It says the fact that some do not exhibit characteristics of Christ does not exempt the whole body from operating in holiness. Just because a body of people don't exempt the characteristics of Christ or say that there are certain things that are okay within the kingdom of God. Just because they do that doesn't make it right. Common isn't Christ-like. What's common isn't always Christ-like. So it doesn't matter if it's 7 billion people on Earth and 2 billion are saying that, hey, I can go have sex without being married to the person, and that doesn't—that's not offensive to God. It doesn't matter that two-sevenths of the world is doing it. Common isn't Christ-like. So just because you can find commonality, just because you can find a group of people doing it, just because a large majority is saying okay to it, does not mean it lines up with the word of God. You always got to go back to two things, the word and the Holy Spirit. What did the word say and what is God saying to you right now? And if you can't confirm it in the word and through Holy Spirit, it isn't something you should be doing. You must understand that no one can exempt you from holiness, not even God. To do so would contradict his word and his very existence. He has called us to replicate himself in this earth. Be ye holy, for I am holy. He has set us apart. He has made us unique, and he has made us separate. In Romans two, it says something like this. Uh, you know it says, "Be not conformed, be ye transformed." Right? It says, "Though he dwelled among men, he didn't, he didn't allow their lifestyles to impact him." So Jesus dwelled among men, but he didn't allow. their lifestyles to impact him. Why? Because he didn't conform himself to the world. So it is possible, Jesus was our example that we can be in this world, but not live like the world. We can exist inside of earth, Without giving to the peer pressures and the, the normalcies of those that live in the world. Just because I'm single doesn't mean I gotta test drive somebody's body before I desire, desire to commit my life to them. Just because the money is there laying on the desk doesn't give me the right to take it. Just because a lie is easily told doesn't mean I should do it. I know those are characteristics of people in the world, but that is not what God has called us to because he said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Be ye holy. He says, without holiness... No one will see the Lord. I can't expect to see his goodness without holiness. I can't expect to see manifestations of the promises without holiness. And see, I can't expect all of those things without making a decision to live like he lived. So we must be set apart. The life of a believer shouldn't resemble the life of the non believer. Any marriage, job, interaction, relationship, friendship, plan, thought, or attitude that can diminish or destroy the seed of holiness in our lives cannot be the will of God for us. Anything that diminishes or destroys the seed of holiness in our lives is not the will of God for your life. You don't even got to ask Holy Spirit about some stuff. You know you ain't at, you shouldn't be out there stealing. You know you shouldn't be out there lying. You know you shouldn't be out there sleeping with people that's not your, or your spouse. You know what the Lord says about doing drugs. You know what the Lord says about drinking and, and getting drunk. You know some things. But what you want to do, you want to put down holiness. You want to put down sanctification and you want to look just like the world while then expecting God to do his part. But that's not how the covenant works. That's not how this thing works. You can't expect from God his part of the covenant when you're not doing your part. See, he has made you righteous, but you ain't acting like it you ain't acting righteous because when you when you understand that you're the righteousness of God then you live like something when you understand that you've been set apart you live like something See, for so many people, we've gotten caught up in the seeker friendly atmosphere. We've compromised the gospel for acceptance. We'll compromise the gospel for convenience. We'll compromise the gospel for likes and loves and church growth. We'll compromise the gospel to maintain relationships. We'll compromise the gospel for financial benefit. And see, God is looking for a remnant of people that says, I refuse a compromise. If God can't give it to me, baby, I just won't have it. If God can't give it to me, I don't need it. Why? Because ain't no way I'm going to sacrifice my character. I'm going to sacrifice my holy. I'm, not, I'm going to sacrifice sanctification on benefit of maintaining a relationship, on benefit of trying to make more money, on benefit of trying to attract more people, on the benefit of trying to get somebody to to like me, no. No. Stop compromising your sanctification because it's convenient. Stop compromising sanctification for acceptance. Stop compromising because the moment you compromise your sanctification, the moment you do that for the lack of convenience or attracting somebody, they're going to come use you get what they need from you and abandon you. And you're gonna find yourself running back to God when God was trying to keep that from you the whole time. See, a lot of us experience hardship because we won't experience holiness. I'll say that one more time. A lot of people experience hardship because they refuse to experience holiness. Because when you walk in holiness, then obedience will precede holiness. Obedience, we'll talk about in a minute, is how you you purify your souls to even get into holiness. And so if I'm obedient to God, then he will never lead me into a situation or circumstance that I won't come out victorious. He'll never lead me to a situation or circumstance that I don't come out winning. And even if the devil shows up and tries to bring harm, like he will raise up the standard against him and flush him away. He will prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So even if it looks like I'm gonna lose, I can't, because the Lord is on my side. I know, I know, I know. But what they gonna think about me, Pastor Ralph? But what they gonna think about you when you broke? See, see, the people you want to have, to, the people you want to accept you ain't don't got the ability to save you. See, Boo don't got the ability to save you. I love April, but she don't got the ability to save me. I love Ava, Aiden, and Major, but he they don't got the ability to save me. Your job, you're sacrificing holiness. You can't go to work. I mean, you can't go to church. You can't read your word. You can't do this all because of a job, all because of TV. What are you putting in way of your sanctification? And the question is, can it save you? And the answer is clearly no. So, all of this is done in an effort to make people comfortable in the church, inviting. Well, the Word of God wasn't meant to be comfortable to our flesh or our souls. See, I'm not sure where we got astray. The Word, of, see, a sin is a sin no matter who does it. Now. If, if I'm not here committing adultery, the fact that I'm committing adultery doesn't make it okay. It's still adultery, it's still sin, it's still wrong. Somewhere we got along the line that some people that we like the people people looked up to begin to commit a sin and our love for them caused us to want to accept them and them not to be excluded. So what we said is, let us water down the gospel. Let's make this convenient. Let's make this easy because we don't want people to feel convicted. We don't want people to feel feel out, out it. We don't want people to feel down. Baby, and it ain't our job to determine how people feel. Our job is to teach an uncompromising gospel and allow the gospel to draw men unto repentance. It's not my job to draw men. It's the worst job to draw men, but it's my job to teach it uncompromising, without compromise. So all we do is teach the word and let the word be the standard for living. Well, the Lord knows my heart. He knows that your heart is far from him and he's crying out and giving you an opportunity to come back. That's what the scripture Pastor Sean used. He's giving us opportunity, right? Second Peter three and nine. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everybody to be Repent. He says, Thank you, Lord. He is being patient for our sake. He's given us an opportunity to turn around. All right. He's given us an opportunity to turn around. So, what we got to understand is that the word of God has a purpose it is to show us God's character, it is to provide us God's revelation of himself to his people, and it's to establish a standard for living. And so, in order to understand what the standard for living is, we always have to come back and compare ourselves to the Word of God. Because when we compare our lives to anything other than the Word of God, we will fail to please God. When we compare our lives to anything other than the Word, we will always fail to please God. Go ahead and type this. Say the Lord is my standard. I love Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean. I've been rocking with them since 2001. I will follow them until the Lord tells me not to. See, and, and see, y'all got to be careful with that. See, so many men and women of God have been thrown away because they made a mistake. I'll follow them till the Lord tells me not to. And see, so many times y'all, some of y'all ain't gonna be a partner at FOC in June, because you don't wanna fast. We don't <laughs> you don't you don't wanna fast like all right, all right, that, all right that, I I I like all this stuff that stuff they was talking about at first. You know, this is a year of open gate. You know, the Lord is going before me, show me favor. You know that everybody should make $100,000 or more. You hang on to those words. But see, the word that you really need to hang on to is that word of correction, because correction brings alignment. Alignment brings advancement. And then you find yourself in agreement with God, and then you're exactly where God has always wanted you to be. But people, Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean, as great as they are, they are not our standards. Pastor C., our grandfather, mother, and Pastor Tony in the, in the faith are not our standard. The Word of God is our standard. And any time we choose to make anything else our standard, we'll always find ourselves failing to please God. We'll fail to manifest his abundance in its entirety. We will fail to be effective witnesses to others. We will fail to mimic God in the earth. People may not know God because they have not seen his hands, which is us, his feet, which is us. His voice, which is us. So anytime I fail to meet the standard, I fail to be able to show God in the earth and that can hinder somebody else from knowing God. I can't let a rock cry out. That may mean on your job, you got a witness to somebody. That may mean you like, well, God, you want me doing all this stuff with evangelism, but what about the house? What about the house? Well, what about the money? What about the money? What about the healing? What about the healing? Why? Because of Matthew 6 and 33 says, when I seek the kingdom of God, his way of thinking, his way of doing things, he adds all things to me. There is no way that you do the will of God and he don't take care, take care of every area of your life. You could do, live your life evangelizing and Holy Spirit will drop a business plan into your life that'll make you a multimillionaire. It doesn't take a whole lot. It just takes one word from God. You don't gotta be fo- See, the church has become so focused on using the word of God for selfish benefit. God's word was always about bringing men into the kingdom. Because Pastor Edwin or Pastor John made a good question, asked a very good question on Sunday. In the last year, how many people did you witness to, evangelize to? Like personally invite into the kingdom? And we ain't gonna answer that out loud, but if we were to do a a, a secret poll. If I said how many times did you pray that somebody will be brought into the kingdom and then how many times did you find yourself praying for something that benefited you personally? Will it will, will even be equal? Will they even be close? But we got to understand that even using faith in the essence of just for our own benefit is not what God intended faith to be used for. It's everything's about the kingdom. All right, so let's get into the war. Let's get into the meat of things tonight. We we have forty minutes. All right, let's get into the meat of things tonight. Let's make this quick confession. All right, that way we can check the pulse, make sure y'all still here. All right, anything that can decrease my thirst, hunger, and passion for holiness is never the will of God for my life. Anything that can decrease my thirst, my hunger. And passion for holiness is never the will of God for my life. Holiness is only achieved when you decide that pleasing God is more important than any other thing. Holiness is only achieved when you decide that pleasing God is more important than your will. Pleasing God is more important than your flesh pleasing god is more important than my desire to move pleasing god is more important than my desire for a new job pleasing god is more important than what other people may think about me pleasing god is more important than me going to have sex because i feel I feel like I need to satisfy, I need to release. Pleasing God is more important than telling a lie to try to protect myself. Don't you understand the best protection you can get is God himself, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. That's the best protection you can get, but you keep telling lies over and over and over again. Why? Because you think that protecting yourself is the best way and protecting yourself brings you out of holiness because you can't protect yourself and God be Lord at the same time. Protecting myself makes me Lord over my life. And I can't have two masters. I'm gonna serve the one and hate the other. So by default, anytime I start to make decisions for myself, I push God away and I make myself savior. I make myself Lord, I make myself dominant. And so in order to walk in holiness, I have to have a willingness to be what? Humble. That's why we praying in June, fasting in June. Number two, humility and repentance. Lord, I repent for being Lord over my own life. Lord, I ain't even a good Lord. I ain't a good Savior. God, I don't even know eternity. I can't see past this moment, God. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. But the Bible says that you create the end before the beginning. And so I might as well accept the Lord that has already finished this work. I might as well accept the Lord that has already gone before me, who has given me everything that I need and to live on this earth that says that he wishes above all things that I may prosper and be in health. Even my, even, even as my soul prosper, I might as well let him be Lord. But see, you will never experience holiness until you first make him Lord. In Ephesians 4 and 24, it says this, you put on the new man, which was created according to God. So there is a man right? That was created according to God. I remember it made me think of a message Pastor Evan talked way back on, on Deer Street when he was talking about engineered. You have been specifically engineered by God. He says this new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So number one, you got to put on this new, you got a you part to play. You put on the new man, which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. This new man is perfect in the sight of God. This new man is the best thing for your life. Your unbelief doesn't make it any less true. So this new man has the ability to replicate and mimic everything God has done and Jesus did on earth and even more. And the fact that you don't believe in this new man by the fact of your disobedience does not diminish this new man's ability. It just keeps it from flowing out. So our unbelief doesn't stop God in a sense that it it quenches him from being able to accomplish. It just stops it from accomplishing it in our life so we got to put on a new man but i love what he says in ephesians 4 and 24 because i'm gonna we'll, we'll talk about this is that in true righteousness and holiness so they're separate they're two different things See and what we know is second Corinthians 5 and 21 right uh for he has made him to be sin who knew no sin that we may be might become or be made the righteousness of god in him righteousness is what we received as part of our salvation package we were made righteous when we made Jesus our Lord it is us standing in his perfection that provides uh, provides our right standing so I have been made righteous right I've been made righteous that is who I am righteousness is it not anything you do it is who you are and when you understand who you are, you act like it. See, that's why a lot of people don't walk out holiness. You don't understand who you are. You don't walk out your righteousness. You don't understand who you are. See, you can have a last name Marlo and then not act like one because you just don't understand who you are. See, some of us got kids. I ain't old enough yet. But some of, some of y'all got kids that got your last name. But they ain't acting like that last name. They just don't know who they are. That's why we we continue to pray for them, to come in understanding of the identity in which God has given them that will draw them back into what God designed for them to be. But sometimes you can bear a name and not look anything like the, the name that you bear. Why? Because you don't understand who you are. And though righteousness is received by faith, holiness is a decision. Go ahead and type that for me. Holiness is a decision. It is a decision you make each moment of every day. Holiness has everything to do with your response to God. Those who are holy aren't any more special than any other people. See, those who we think are holy, they ain't any more special. They just have decided to love God more than they self. They've just decided to love God more than they do stuff. They've just decided to love God more than they do cake. They've decided to love God more than they do bread. They've decided to love God more. And for the month of June, they've decided to love God more than they do alcohol. They've decided to love God more than they do whatever else we fasting from. See, holiness is a decision you make numerous times a day to separate yourself to God, which is that's the definition of holiness separation to God. What's holiness? Separation. To God. What does that word separate mean? That word separate means to set apart, to disunite, to divide, to sever, to disconnect, to change direction, to cease to associate, to disengage. So when I separate myself to God, then I set myself apart from the world. I divide myself from the world. I sever my ties from the world. Not that I'm not in this world, not that I don't share the gospel, but I don't allow the worldly ways to dictate how I live life. I don't allow recession to determine whether I'm going to be broke. I don't allow sickness to determine whether I'll be sick. I don't allow hardship to determine whether I'll fail. I am in this world, but I am holy. I am separated unto God. I have disconnected my The world is no longer my source. It is no longer my place of provision. It is no longer the place I seek direction. It is no longer the place I associate with. I have disengaged with the world and that is what has made me holy because I've separated myself to God. See, if you imagine in in, in school we used to make these things in science class, right? And in science class, you could take some Crisco or some vegetable oil and pour it in a bottle. And if you look at that and you take some food color and pour it in the bottle, right? And you'll mix it all up and the oil will just turn a color. So if you think about it, when you were in the world, the food coloring could be you and the oil could be uh, the world. Y'all were just mixed all together, right? You couldn't tell one from the other. But if you pour half of that oil out and then you became a born again believer, and you accept Jesus into your life. And let's say that represents water and you poured the water now in that same bottle, though they would exist in the same bottle, you would see holiness. You would see separation. Why? Because oil does not mix with the water though they coexist in that same bottle they do not mix and so that is an image of what it means to live a holy life I am in this earth but I am not of this earth I am not conformed to this world and I live by the rules policies procedures and standards of the kingdom from which I reside which is heaven And so the kingdom of God, his way of thinking, his way of doing things is the thing in which I live by. When I leave the United States and I go to Mexico, or I go to Europe, or I go to the Dominican Republic, or I go wherever I go, I don't go there and become a citizen of that nation. Though I am in a different place, I still remain a citizen of the United States of America. And if I had trouble, I could call on my country to come to my rescue. See, I'm preaching. And y'all y'all ain't saying amen because what you got to understand is that hey, here on earth, you're just an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven and while you're here on earth you have full citizenship in heaven and you have the ability to call upon heaven to give you what you need down here in earth but the problem is is that you don't understand your citizenship because you have been living so long like the people in this world that you've forgotten who you are you've lost your identity You lost your purpose. You lost your holiness. The comforts of this world has killed your passion to love God and live like it. The convenience of being accepted and to accept other people have caused you to sacrifice your commitment to God. It has caused you not to be separate. You have conformed. Pastor Edward says something all the time. We say this at uh, Fellowship of Champions. Your environment is always working on you. (laughs) When Major first came and lived with us, you know, in anybody's house, there's a way of living. There's a culture in every household. And so when he first came and lived with us, he didn't know our culture. And as he lived with us longer, he took, he began to acclimate to the surroundings in which he was living. And just like Major now, four-year end, identifies as a Marlowe, acts like a Marlowe, and knows the culture of this house. If you are not careful, you can live in this world and acclimate yourself to this world and be a born-again believer living just like the world, struggling, fornication, overeating, lusting, all of those things, and not feeling any remorse and not hearing the God speak because you've acclimated yourself to the world and you have muted Holy Spirit, all because of a failure to be holy. And then you wonder, why, God, why are all these storms coming? Why are all these things showing up? Why does it seem like every time I get ahead, something kicks me back? Because your life is like a roller coaster. You chase God when you're broken. You run him down when you're depressed. You want rescuing when you're in a tragedy. But the moment things look like you can handle it, you let God go. That's not holiness. And God's not a genie in a bottle. But because he loves you, he's patient with you. Because he loves you, he's decided not to come back right now. Why? Because he wants to give you a chance to repent. He wants to give you a chance to make the commitment. He wants to give Courtney a chance to be like, Courtney, I want to give you one more chance, baby, to give me 100%. Can I have your whole heart, your mind, your soul, your will, your imagination, and your intellect? Linda, can I get all of who you are? Will you just try me at my word? April, can I I get all of you? Because that's what it's going to take for us to walk in holiness. Alright, so those who employ holiness choose to please God over themselves. 1 Peter 1 verse 22 says it this way. Sin, you have what? Purify your soul. You go to church at Fellowship of Champions, you know what your soul is. You purified your mind. You purified your will. You purified your imagination. You purified your intellect. You purified all of those mind, my, my will, emotion, your emotions, imagination, intellect, Wow, how did you do it? In obeying the truth through the Holy Spirit. See, see, holiness is a fruit of obedience. See, you don't got to focus on holiness. If you just focus on being God, you will be holy. But see, people don't like holiness because people don't like obedience. People don't like obedience because so they feel like obedience pulls them out of something they'll be missing out. FOMO. People got FOMO. Fear of missing out. See, I can't give my life to Christ right now. I got some things I need to do. Then I give my life to Him later. What you gonna miss out on that God can't give you? What can that man give you that God can't give you? What that woman give you that God can't give you? What, what that cake give you that God can't give you? What that job give you that God can't give you? And see, if you're talking about some good sex, you, 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 you're temporal, you, 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 you're light, you, you're, you're silly and you're thinking. If you're talking about some taste buds, that's all about your flesh. That's all fleshly talking. There's nothing spiritual about that. There's nothing spiritual about that. So what you're telling me is this. That you have no control over your flesh. And that is the thing that dictates, that's your Lord. Your flesh is your Lord. So when you feel like you need to have sex, you do it. When you feel like you need to eat, though you just ate, you do it. When you feel like you need to steal, you do it. When you feel the need to lie, you do it. When you feel the need to tell somebody that uh having uh that doing X though it's contrary to the will of God that it's okay, and you give them a hug and pat them on the back, you do it. Why? Because you want everybody to be happy with you the word isn't about making you comfortable you think it was comfortable for jesus to hang on that cross you think it was comfortable for those crown of thorns to be placed on his head you think it was comfortable for those nails he didn't die for comfort he died for sons and daughters who would live lives of holiness and they would do so by purifying our souls and obeying the truth through the spirit Holiness is a result of having a pure soul. Having a pure soul is accomplished through obedience. Obedience is carried out through relying on Holy Spirit and not on yourself. I say it again. Holiness is a result of having a pure soul. We're going. We're talking about First Peter one and twenty-two. Put it back up there for me, said. Sin, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit holiness is a result of a pure soul a pure soul is only accomplished through obedience obedience is carried out through relying on the holy spirit and not on yourself holiness is a product of obedience similarly an apple is the fruit or the result of a tree that has roots in the earth and has received the necessary nutrients needed to produce Let me break that down for you. Holiness is the fruit of a believer who has made the word the root of their lives and received all the nutrition that they needed from the word and not their flesh. See, holiness is a fruit. It is a byproduct of obedience. It is a byproduct of the believer who has made the word of God their root or the foundation of their life and that's what they have gotten nutrition from so they're able to produce fruit of the spirit right because the word is their basis but when your root system is made up of something other than the word of God then you produce the fruit of what you have seen uh, what you put in junk in, junk out So when I put the word in, then I can get the word out. When I put the word in, then in a crisis situation, the word just comes out. See, if if you go and punch any of my kids right now or punch me, the first word that comes out ain't a cuss word. Cuss ain't in me. It ain't something I do. But if I could come with some of y'all right now and I punched you or you stubbed your toe in the middle of the night, then the first thing that comes out your mouth is a curse word because it's what's in you. And so if you ever do an examination of what's in you, then you'll understand what's coming out of you. It's not that you can't be holy, it's that your foundation is wrong. It's not that you can't obey God, it's that you ain't feeding yourself the right thing. It's not that it's too difficult, it's just that you ain't spent enough time and repetitions obeying. See, everything's difficult until it's not. Running a mile was difficult until it wasn't. Uh, Going to school was difficult until it wasn't. Why? Through repetition, those things that are difficult become easy. That's why we ask you to pray in the Holy Spirit an hour a day. That's why we ask you to read your word every day. That's why we ask you to make it to every service. That's why we ask you to take communion more often. Why? Because as you repeat those things, they become easier. And the more I feed myself the word of God, the better I'm able to respond in crisis when I'm pressed When I'm sucker punched, when life throws me a a box of lemons, I'm able to make positive out of it, knowing that anything that comes into my life, God can work it out to my good. But see, without holiness, you fail to have an understanding and a trust in God that he'll work it out in your favor. You, you, You don't believe that. That's not what you believe. That's not what you believe. So, we got to understand that in order to walk in holiness, we have to purify ourselves. How do we purify ourselves? Through obeying the truth through the Spirit. Now, let's look at 1 Peter 1 in the uh, Mirror Translation. It says, Your accurate hearing is what distinguishes you as the resurrection generation. The days of being driven by every desperate, distorted passion of your former ignorance are over. What? They over? So, you telling me I don't got to be desperate? You telling me I don't have to have distorted passions? You telling me I don't have to operate in ignorance? It says the fashions and patterns of a redundant system are no longer relevant. they're they're no longer relevant now let me read this for you again after inserting the definitions a few of a few words it says your obedient hearing your obedient hearing is what distinguishes you as the resurrection generation so it ain't the fact that you, you ain't distinguished By calling yourself a child of God, you're distinguished by your obedient hearing is what distinguishes you see some of you call yourself disciples. Some of you call yourself believers. But when I pass an apple tree. But when I pass a tree and I see an orange on it, I call it an orange tree. When I pass a tree and I see an apple on it, I call it an apple tree. And so when I look at your life and I see what I see, I don't call you a believer. But that ain't my job. That's your job to determine where you are at. But look at your actions. What about your life show holiness? What about your life show fruit of the spirit? What about your life show anything? Are you lying to yourself? that Jesus is your Lord? Because people that are your Lord, you listen to. I'm a landlord. And when I tell them that things got to be a certain way, they got to be a certain way. People that's your Lord, you listen to. What about your life shows holiness? What about your life shows salvation? What about your life shows that Jesus is Lord? What about your life? Not nobody else's life, not your spouse, not your kids. What about your life? Shows that you love God. Because you got to understand holiness isn't something we do to move God. Holiness is that a response to understanding God's love for us. I walk in holiness because I know how much you love me. I walk in holiness because I know how he poured out his life for me. I walk in holiness because I know how he's, he set everything up for me. I walk in holiness because I know before he formed me in my mother's womb, he knew me and he has good plans for me. Plans to prosper and give me an expected end. I walk in holiness because he did something that I couldn't do for myself. He saved my soul. He gave me a right to have access to the Holy Holy Spirit. He gave me access to spend eternity to... I... Walk in holiness because I love my daddy. See, there's some things you do for your spouse not because you feel like it. You don't got to feel like it to do it. And you do that for flesh. See, see, my kids asked me, one of my kids today asked me, Daddy, I want some chicken. Ava, she loves chicken from this certain place. Daddy, I want some chicken. I didn't feel like getting no chicken. I didn't want to go get no chicken. But you know what I did? Well, I, in this case, April went and got it for me. I did it. Why? Because I understand the love relationship. See, some of us haven't really fallen in love with Jesus. And it shows. Because when you love somebody, you move things around. Y'all y'all know what that looks like because you've loved a boo before, you've drove miles for him or her or the concert. Or the vacation. You sacrificed eating out to save money to go on a cruise or to the all-inclusive you you, you or, or to get your hair done. You know what it looks like. You just don't do it for Jesus. And see, that's why you can't walk in holiness because without being, having understanding a love for God, holiness is a response Holiness is a response to God. It's a response to God. So you're trying to walk in holiness, but you can't do it because you don't love them. And you don't love them and your actions say that you don't love them. That's why it's so easy for you to do what you do. Now, it's not that you can't love them. Let's just fix that now. You can just make a decision right now to love them. You can love them and you can you can live right, right? And you could do that. But I don't want you walking around here thinking that, that, that and, and you can love God, but you just don't love him more than you love sex. You just don't love him more than you love lying. You just don't love him more than you love cake. You just don't love Him more than you love deceit. You just don't love Him more than your depression. You just don't love Him more than your ghetto ratchetness. You just don't love Him more than the gossip. See, it's not that you don't love Him. It's just that you don't love Him more than. What is it that you love God that you love more than you love God? And As long as you got something you love more than you love God, you won't be able to walk out your fullness and holiness. Why? Because you won't be able to purify your soul in obedience because you're not going to obey a God that you don't love. Or let me rephrase, you're not going to obey a God that you feel don't love you and have your best interest in mind. So when you're reading 1 Peter 14 out of the mirror, it says you're obedient hearing is what distinguishes you as the resurrection generation the days of being driven by your desires your cravings your longings for what is forbidden lust distorted passions or former ignorance are over there's no need for these redundant systems and then in verse 22 look at this it says as a result of your accurate obedience hearing of the unveiled truth and through the agency of the spirit, you have engaged your souls fully with the purifying effect of your inclusion in his glorious work of redemption. So when I take the moment to be obedient in my hearing and when I take the moment to be led by the spirit, I will engage my souls through a purifying effect that will have me to understand my co-inclusion with Christ. So it runs me over there to Colossians 3. I'll be able to have those throne room realities. I'll be able to see myself co-seated with Christ. I'll be able to focus on the goodness that he has for me. I don't have to worry about taking care of Ralph. I can worry about kingdom work. I don't have to be worried about taking care of my family. I could be worried about kingdom work. Why? Because God loves me so much that He said that as long as I seek His kingdom, His way of doing, and His way of His way of His way of thinking and doing things, then He'll add all these things to me. So I know I need provision. God got that. I know I need finances. God got that. I know I need healing. God has that too. God has everything that you need, but I find that. In my holiness, in my obedience to Holy Spirit, because you got to understand, living holy requires obedience to Holy Spirit. Living holy—I'm trying to see where we are on those—requires obedience to Holy Spirit. All right, we'll. I think I started 10 minutes there. So, all right. Living holy requires obedience to the Holy Spirit. You don't live holy to get saved or get God to move. You don't live holy to get saved or to get God to move. You live holy because you are motivated by your relationship with and love for your heavenly father. I live holy because I love God. I live holy because I'm fascinated and I'm in love with how He has loved me. My responding to the love of God rather than trying to get Him to respond to me. I don't live, see, that's, man, that's, that's, you trying to live holy to get God to move. Holiness don't move God. That, 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 that's, holiness is a response, it's a fruit of my obedience. Holiness is something I do as a response to God's love for me rather than trying to get God to respond to me. See, when we fast next month, we're not fasting to get God to move. God's done everything that he's going to do. What fasting is as a response to my love to God. God, I am setting apart. I am sanctifying. I am, I am uh, presenting my body as a sacrifice For you, I am worshiping you through obedience, Father. And so what I am doing is as I do that, my worship brings me into alignment with God's finished work. I hear better. I see better. And so doing that, it feels like God is moving, but he's not. What's happening is I am moving closer. See, God is always speaking. The question is, are you tuned in? And so if you've ever been driving before, let's let's use power. We're in Arkansas, so we got a station called Power 92, all right? As you move away from Power 92, all right, the, the station doesn't go off. It doesn't stop streaming. It doesn't stop broadcasting. You just stop listening. But why do you stop listening? You have moved yourself outside the realm of hearing. Disobedience moves you outside the realm of hearing. Making yourself Lord of your own life moves you outside the realm of hearing. Watering down the gospel moves people outside the realm of hearing God. And it makes it really easy to dwell in your sin. And not feel any remorse, not to feel any conviction about sleeping, about eating, about drugs, about whatever it is. Because I, I want you to understand, sin could be you supposed to stay in Arkansas, but you moved to Atlanta. That's a sin. A sin could be God told you to uh, get a new job, but you're still on a job you own because it's comfortable to you. That's a sin. But all of it moves us. And anytime we let sin dwell in our lives, then what it does is it begins to impact our ability to tune into the frequency. So though God is speaking, then we're not always hearing, right? Because what sin does, it clogs up the airways. And so God is trying to rescue you. He's trying to get you out of, but your sin holds you captive. And So what we got to understand is that as we run away from sin, which is one of the ways that we walk out holiness, you got to flee. This is going to be number two. We'll get to it next week. You got to flee temptation. But as we walk out those things, then we're able to see the fruit of the holiness show up in our lives. All right, we're going to read Romans 5 and then we'll get out of here. Uh, We'll just point on our notes. It says, this kind of hope does not disappoint. The gift of the Holy Spirit, right, completes our every expectation. Oh, that's so good. The gift of the Holy Spirit completes our every expectation and ignites the love of God within us like an artesian whale now i want to talk about this and we're going to get out of here and we're going to be done this kind of hope does not disappoint why what i am saying you cannot live a holy life without holy spirit this kind of hope does not disappoint the gift of the holy spirit completes our every expectation and ignites the love of god within us like an artesian whale and then in titus three and six it says this holy spirit is the extravagant administrator, hallelujah, of the salvation of Jesus Christ. He brings that thing up into you. He makes it alive. He says, gushing forth within us like an artesian whale. Now, I, when I was studying this, I was like, okay, now what's this mess about this whale? So I go look up what it means to be a whale, artesian whale. It says, an artesian whale is a pressure pressurized well, naturally pressurized well that makes it an easy and reliable source of water. Once it is tapped, water from an artesian well rises to the surface without assistance. What you say? So are you telling me God's comparing Holy Spirit to, a, to the artesian well? So let's go back. It says, this kind of hope does not disappoint. The gift of the Holy Spirit completes our every expectation and ignites the love of God within us and causes it to rise to the surface without assistance. See, it's the love of God being shared abroad in our heart. The holy Why is it important to have a love of God shared abroad in our heart by Holy Spirit? Why? Because it is understanding that love, the depth of it, the height of it, the width of that love, that causes us to want to obey him, which gives us the ability to walk and produce the fruit of holiness. And so what I got to understand is that the, God has given me a naturally spiritually powered device that does not need my assistance that will cause his power, his love to flow up out of me if I don't tap it. Because here's the thing about a whale. You can put a hydrant on a whale, though it's pressurized, it can't come out. Though, though, all that water sitting there right now in your house that water is sitting there it wants to come out but it can't because you ain't tapped into it but the moment you turn the tap on pressure causes the water flow that's how Holy Spirit is in our life Holy Spirit is the extravagant administrator of the salvation of Jesus Christ gushing forth within us like an artesian whale if you just let holy ghost do holy spirit do his job then you will line up with holiness but the problem is too many people have came and put faucets on the holy spirit and so you turned them off though he has the ability to gush forth though he has the ability to cause the administration of the salvation of Jesus Christ to be known in your life, you limit him, you grieve Holy Spirit because you use your flesh to quench his spirit. It says that Holy Spirit will call the characteristics of God to show up in your life if you tap in. However, if you cap it, the power will remain but be limited to the flow your flesh allows. You hear what I said? The power of the Holy Spirit is limited to the flow your flesh allows. So if you go back to the scriptures that we were talking about earlier, you were talking. We were talking about First Peter, where you allow your hearing to purify your soul, then your flesh won't have the ability to cap Holy Spirit. And if Holy Spirit runs in your life untapped, uncapped, then he says that he will do what? He will flow gush forth. He will gush forth into your life, causing the administration of salvation of Jesus Christ to be known unto you. So as we walk our holiness, we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is essential to our ability to walk out holiness. Holiness is a byproduct of obedience. And so if I will purify my souls through obeying the word of God, then I will have the ability to walk in holiness because holiness is gonna be something I see as a fruit of understanding how much God loves me. And if I allow the Holy Spirit to just gush forth, if I don't cap it with my flesh, what's my flesh? My desire to eat on the fast, my desire to move, my desire to do whatever. When I don't let my desires interfere with what God is doing, then the Holy Spirit flows untapped and I'm able to walk out holiness. That's right, Pastor Edward. There could be no holiness without Holy Spirit ruling inside of us. And Holy Spirit can't rule inside of us as long as we make flesh our Lord. All right. So what we'll do, we'll come back next week and we'll talk about the Holy Spirit wants to invade your life. Right. He wants to envelop you, instruct you, impress you and dwell within you. And then we'll follow up next week. The latter part of that message talking about the steps to holy living. All right. Which is number one, you got to refuse to conform to the world. Number two, you have to flee temptation. And then number three, got to obey the word of God. All right. So those are what we'll pick up next week. But guys, listen, join us in about two hours and 45 minutes. We're going to be live right back here as we kick off our solemn, as we kick off our fast for June. All right. So I encourage you guys to join us back here. Set your alarm, our solemn surrender fast. Pastor will be here live, 12 o'clock Central Standard Time. All right. She'll be here live. We'll be going live from here. Let's kick off this fast with repentance. Let's just go ahead and repent. Father, we repent for anything and everything in our lives that's not like you. Father, we thank you that you bring to light anything that's contradictory to your kingdom. Father, we submit to you tonight, God. We pray that our eyes are open and our ears are open to receive and hear from you. Father, as we enter into this time of fasting and prayer, Father, we come with a heart of expectation that we will see everything that you have said father we thank you god that every uh everything every prayer initiative that we pray every everything that we believe for god we will see a manifestation of it in this lifetime in this time of fasting and prayer every day of the week. Father, we thank you for souls. We thank you for repentance. We thank you, God, that we will add to the kingdom daily, God. We declare that you are making hearts pliable to your word, even as I pray, Father, that men will want to know who you are because they encounter your love that will be shown through us, Father. I pray that we will live such sanctified lives and holy holy lives that we will mirror your goodness, God, in such a way that men will want to know the God that we serve. Father, we, re- we thank you for it. And we declare that it is so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You guys be blessed. Oh, let me go over. You know, <laughs> Man, y'all funny. Uh, you guys already know the announcement, so I'm not going to go over the announcement, but I do want to say this. You guys know that at FOC we are... Uh, 100% givers. Take care of your giving. Set your alarms. All right. Go ahead and invite somebody else. You guys have stayed up for movies. You stayed up for the club. You stayed up for concerts. You stayed up for a whole lot of stuff. Go ahead and stay up for this. All right. And so I will see you guys in a little while. I am personally about to go close my eyes and get some rest. But my alarm going to go off at 11:45, and I won't be right back here in the studio, smiling and supporting Pastor Sean as we enter into our. T- Time of fasting and prayer in June. I love y'all so much. Y'all be blessed and have an excellent night. Bye.